So you've seen people talking about intuitive eating. It's all over the internet. Is it a trend? No, it's it's just returning and listening to your body. But it can feel super overwhelming to get started. So I thought I would share today a couple of client examples on how we're working and we're using intuitive eating to support various clients at different points in their journey. One during a pregnancy, one recovering from an eating disorder, and one on a a weight loss journey that's been happening for a few years. So tune in if you want to know how I got started with each of these clients on very different journeys, but all coming back to learning how to trust their body. You're listening to Healthy Mompreneurs Get Wealthy podcast with Kathy Richards, RD. As a registered dietitian with over 20 years of experience, I've helped thousands of people get healthier and ultimately wealthier. And now it's your turn, busy mompreneur. In this podcast, I'll be sharing with you my self-love journey back to health after years of stress and challenges, including living with a spouse with mental illness, suffering a concussion, learning to live with post-concussion syndrome, illnesses in my family, a death in my family, divorce, and more illnesses in my family. And all this with three kids under the age of 10. If anyone can show you how to thrive and not just survive through challenges and setbacks, it's me. Hello, hello, and welcome back to another episode of Healthy Mompreneurs Get Wealthy with me, Kathy Richards, RD. So I thought it would be super helpful to share some examples of how I use intuitive eating in my clinical practice and um, with my private clients as well. So today I'm going to go through three different examples of where the client was at and how we're using intuitive eating and some of the light bulb moments or outcomes that they've been able to have by using um, a curious approach and incorporating intuitive eating principles. So if you're new around here and you don't know what intuitive eating is, it's really based on getting back to listening to our bodies. So a lot of us have learned over years um, and, you know, it can come from societal pressure. It can come from parental pressure. It can come from what our friends did when we were in, you know, high school. It comes from so many different places. But over time, we learn to eat in response to different cues, which are external cues. So we may learn to eat based on the work schedule and the break schedule at work. We may learn to eat based on the diet plan that we saw our mother or our aunt or our sister do as we grew up. We may learn to eat based on a medical professional's recommendation of how often we should eat, what we should eat, so we can feel our best. It doesn't mean that those examples of external things, they're not always wrong. You know, sometimes in certain situations, 
having external cues can be helpful. But we don't want to give up our interception, which is knowing what we like, knowing how our body feels, and feeding our body in response to those internal cues. So in the emotional eating groups I've run for the last 15 years, we often talk about the different types of hunger. So, you know, there's um, stomach hunger, which would be like physiological hunger. You know, you haven't eaten for a few hours, maybe lightheaded, maybe you get hangry, maybe you get, you know, a little bit um, of hunger pains, maybe your stomach's talking. There's lots of ways that our body can give us that feedback. A lot of us don't even hear that feedback. We're busy, we're doing things, you know, we're going to get that last bit of work done before we stop to eat. We can delay eating unless, you know, it's been months that we've been not eating anything. That's our body will regulate, right? Our body will adjust to support us. There's also a type of eating called emotional eating, which is eating in response to how we feel. If we feel upset, if we feel happy, a lot of food celebration, a lot of celebrations involve food. And, you know, rightfully they should. Food connects us with other people, right? So we don't want to stop eating food. And there's no, there's no harm in, in being an emotional eater. It's just when it starts to feel problematic. And that's what the focus of, of that program was. But I wanted to share, there's the physiological hunger. There's the emotional hunger. There's also another type of hunger that in that program we referred to as mouth hunger. And that can be like we're craving something, you know, and and it could be you open the fridge, you've just had dinner, but you're craving something sweet, or it could be go into the lunchroom to get a tea or something in the afternoon, there's leftover desserts from a function, and then the, you know, suddenly you have this ongoing debate whether you should have the dessert or not, or you walk by a bakery and someone opens the door, right? And then you find yourself in the bakery, so none of these reasons, those are three different reasons to eat, right? Stomach hunger, mouth hunger, heart hunger. None of them are wrong, okay? The emotional hunger is a heart one. But in becoming an intuitive eater, we start to put the trust back in that stomach hunger and we put the trust back in our body that our body knows best. And a big concern for some people when they start down the intuitive eating pathways, are they going to gain weight? Are they going to lose weight? So I wanted to take you through a couple of examples today with some clients that are on very different journeys, and I'll share with you how it's been working for them. All right, so I'm going to refer to my clients as A, B, and C for the ease today. Um, so Client A was someone who I've worked with over a number of years. Um, They came through my Healthy Lifestyles program that I ran at one of the clinics I worked at where we focused on nutrition and activity. It wasn't, you know, a diet plan or a weight loss focus. It was just getting people moving and helping them focus on, on their nutrition a bit better. So this 
play and has come back in, um, been followed by me in the last few years. And we're using intuitive eating as a way to support them and as a way to support them through life's journeys, right? So they were, um, they're currently pregnant. They were previously pregnant and, and unfortunately miscarried. And that was a really important time to fall back on what we'd already been implementing with intuitive eating. So they were able to allow themselves some emotional eating episodes, totally normal, but then they were able to get back to listening to themselves. And they were also able to recognize, gee, you know, when I had family over that one time and I didn't eat what I wanted to eat because I felt like they were being the food police and they would judge. Then I woke up in the night and I ate some chips. So they were able to start to see the connection between listening to their body, fueling their body, giving it food that satisfied it, and then having more of a sense of of control over that. So at this point in their journey, they're eating intuitively, but they're also listening to what their body needs um, without making themselves wrong. So with some of the, you know, symptoms of pregnancy, maybe, you know, the balance isn't there as often as they want it to be, but having that foundation of intuitive eating has really, really been helpful. Client B is also a client that was familiar to me over the years um, on a journey for weight loss. They've been on a weight loss medication for a couple of years now, I believe. And they, they did lose weight. So they lost, I can't remember exactly. I think they've lost around 50 pounds and they've maintained that weight. But, you know, the doctors, you know, and, and also they've had this target of a lower body weight in mind for, for quite a while. So they continue to work on it and they continue to be followed by a specialist and the medication adjusted or potentially might get changed. And in some of the work that I've done with her, um, we reconnected. We talked about maybe why not using a fitness tracker or calorie tracker. Maybe that wasn't such a great idea. They still felt like they needed that external cue with their eating, so they planned to continue with that. And then as life would have it, stress hit. Um, And that fitness tracker wasn't helpful. It wasn't feeling supportive, so they didn't do that. But because we'd worked on the foundations of intuitive eating and learning to trust their body, they were able to fall back on some of those principles that we discussed. They were able, able to move their body in a way that felt good. And be consistent with that, knowing that that would help reduce that stress response. Remember, because there's ways that we can mask and not be able to hear our internal cues, right? So if there's stress, we can't always hear things. Um, If there's lack of sleep, we can't always hear things. So, So those things, they were still able to keep on track and maintain those. The other thing that the client said when I followed up with them recently was, yeah, maybe their weight expectation was unrealistic. 
And a discussion we'd had about that had really kind of resonated because they were aiming for a target weight. And I, I just said, so when was the last time you weighed that? Like, when was the last time you weighed that without going to extremes in under eating or over exercising? And when they went back, the weight that they're at now is actually the weight that they spent much of their adult life at. They had, they had had a couple of pregnancies and after the pregnancies had reduced their weight. But when they looked at where their weight sat now, it actually was what it was 20 years ago. So intuitive eating in that case was supporting them in recognizing, hmm, maybe this is where my body wants to be. So I've talked recently about health at every size and that set point theory that's kind of showing us <laughs> that you know, that body might want to stay at that weight. But those foundations of intuitive eating were super important for that client as well. And then client C, um, I've been working with for the past six months, I think. And they, they self-referred and they wanted support around eating disorder recovery. So using intuitive eating in that instant, it would be a bit different. And not everyone that was coming um, out of an eating disorder would be at a place to start with intuitive eating because they can't feel, they don't have that connection to always feel that hunger, right? Um, and when the body's stuck in the stress response, the underfueling it would result in that means their body's not able to give them those hunger cues and that feedback because all the energy stuck in the extremities to support that body. So what we've done from an intuitive eating standpoint is just start to work with balancing the eating, balancing the snacks, balancing the meals, looking at it from a stance of gentle nutrition with adequate protein, some healthy fat, some carbohydrate. And playing with that and just being really curious. And in being curious, that client, client C, was able to come back to me and say, you know, so for the first step we did was just to add a fruit to the morning snack. There was some nuts or some kind of protein there. So we worked to add a fruit. And then a few sessions later, it came out that that morning snack wasn't really sustaining their energy to get to lunchtime. So then we worked on, you know, adequate portions for that morning snack to stretch to lunchtime. Recently, we followed up. Afternoon snack isn't getting, you know, till supper. So we worked on that. But then we actually did step back and take a look at lunch because that's going to influence, you know, how that afternoon snack, when it needs to come and how big it needs to be, right? But it's, it's quite interesting, and I'm so proud of that client for starting to have the curiosity and being able to recognize when she needs to fuel her body more consistently to feel good. So the focus is on energy, it's on nutrient density, but it's coming from that, that point of intuitive eating and getting back to listening to the body, but also recognizing that that body doesn't always have the ability to give the feedback and that's okay. And today we talked about 
or in our recent session, we talked about um, changing weight, right? Sometimes when we fuel ourselves, we're going to have some weight gain and that can feel uncomfortable. And that can feel uncomfortable for anyone on any eating journey or any intuitive eating journey, right? Because when we let ourselves fuel ourselves effectively and we notice our energy, that was the first thing they brought to session today. Energy was better. Great. That's what we want to hear. But then, you know, that insecurity around clothes not fitting right. So we talked about maybe buying a couple outfits that felt good. A couple outfits that gave room for weight to fluctuate a bit. Because weight changing over time, weight changing at different seasons of life is normal. It's not always what we want to hear, but our weight can fluctuate. And that doesn't mean anything about us, right? So those three clients are great examples of intuitive eating in action and getting back in touch with what their body is needing and they're all at different stages of, of supporting their body. So it's so rewarding, this work with people, around getting them back to listen to their body and really start to learn how to trust their body. So hopefully that gives you guys a couple of ideas about where you can get started. I would just get started with being curious. Like, how often am I eating? Am I full? Do I even like what I'm eating? You know, it's just to start to pay attention. Um... I also have my free video series. I can link that in the show notes that gives you the first three steps to get started in intuitive eating. But if that resonates, if you want some one-on-one support, hop into a free joyful eating call and I'll walk you through. This is where you are and I'll help you figure out the best place for you to start. We're not always going to start and go through all the principles in order and that's why When I run my group expansion programs, that's why I don't have a set like template of here, read this, go here. It's a group coaching format because I'm there to answer questions and different people might be at different places, but we can all learn from the questions that someone else has. I never get a question that I have um, that getting it answered doesn't help someone else. And that's the same thing in, in every group. And it's quite amazing to see the, the foundation and the connections that get built in those group programs. So if you want to learn more about expansion, send me a message and I'll let you know when enrollment is opening. Free calls are available. So hop on and take one of those if you want some help. Or you've got the video uh, training series, the three easy ways to get started with intuitive eating as well. I hope that you guys are doing well. It's sunny where I am and warm. It's Wednesday when I'm recording, so can't wait to pick up my kids. And looking forward to a wonderful Mother's Day this weekend with my three firecrackers. (laughs) All right, I will talk to you soon. Thanks for listening. And that's it for today's episode of Healthy Mompreneurs Get Wealthy Podcast with Kathy Richards, RD. If you found this helpful and you have a friend who may also find it useful, please feel free to share it with them. And don't forget to leave a review on your favorite podcast player because every month I choose one lucky reviewer and they get a free 
60-minute one-on-one intensive where I help you identify the one thing holding you back from your health and wellness goals. Curious about intuitive eating? Ready to have more joyful eating without the guilt? Then go to my website and click on the link to book a free 30-minute call where I'll walk you through the first step.